0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colum Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over. The NFL season is here and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Rotoviz NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. Or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. the
1: tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every single one of you college football and NFL fans. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M if you like talking college football or NFL or fantasy football or just... You know other other fun nerdy things too. I, I we've talked about them on the show, but I'm also joined again by my co-host Stayfun Laco. You can find him on Twitter at Stayfun Laco. That's L A K O on Twitter. If you want to chat us up there, feel free. We love talking about prospects, uh, the journey of all these good prospects from beginning to end, from high school football recruits all the way to the debate as to whether a player or two should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's what this whole show is about. It's about the journey. Uh, of all the best football players in the world. But we always talk about some fantasy football, too, since this is a Rotoviz radio podcast. And uh, we make sure to dive into some real football stuff, too. Maybe some betting, maybe some other things, too. Just we like to mix it up. Everything football here on this show, you'll probably hear about uh, from time to time. But uh, we, I think there's this game coming up around the corner here very soon. Uh, So Stefan and I wanted to talk about the national championship. So this is kind of like the national championship special with some questions on some NFL draft prospects that are going to be playing in the game. Some other general draft questions that I've been getting here in the last couple weeks. And then a few player trends that I've been seeing uh, and I've actually been taking some poll data on to help gauge public opinion on some of the top players in the country right now that are draft eligible for 2022, which is actually this year now, apparently. Uh, so yeah, it's 2022. But first off, welcome, Stefan. How you doing, man?
1: I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, if people have listened to the other podcasts that I do for Rotoviz, you'll have heard this already. But pretty rough week out here in Colorado. We had some big fires that uh, ended up like destroying like over 800 homes and stuff. It's, it was really sad. It happened last week. Um, if you are the type of person that likes to give to uh, relief efforts, it would be much appreciated. Um, But it's kind of made everything weird. Like my building that I work in um, was in like the evacuation zone and stuff. It was intense. So, um, but uh, one of the things I love about sports is it gives us an opportunity to kind of shift our energy, shift our focus, be distracted for a little while, get, get get excited about stuff that uh, we have absolutely no control over, but sure as hell wish we did. So yeah, I love talking football with you, man. It's good to be uh, good to be here. And I can't, I can't believe it's already the national championship game. I feel like this football season flew by. It really did. And I don't know
2: if the 2020 season didn't feel like it flew by as much. And I don't know how because some of the seasons, like some of the teams were playing like four or five, six games, and that was like it. Right. But I think it was just like the whole layered and delayed thing. Like it was like, hey, we're not going to have any football. And hey, actually, the Big Ten and ICC were like, no, we make too much money. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. We, yeah, this is not, we can't not play. And then you know the big 10 starts later the MAC starts later the and, and yes the mac comes ahead of the Pac 12 the pack 12 starts later <laughs>
1: and i don't know uh, if 12 got the memo that they were actually continue needing to continue to play did you see their ball yeah. record this year oh my yeah, god Yeah, apparently they, they forgot to actually show
2: up for the whole 2021 season for, oh, for the most geez. part uh they, they started off hot though oregon beat ohio state somehow uh and oh, then man, got just feels like whatever, by though. utah twice and Utah acted like they were going to be Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, which was an incredible game. And then remembered that, oh, yeah, we're Utah. And uh, mm-hmm. we're playing against a future top five pick in CJ Stroud, as well as a ridiculously stacked wide receiver room that didn't even need their top two players. A little, uh, the second and third best players, according to those players. Which, by the way, I, were you watching the game where the, the actual Rose Bowl stayed on? Where yeah. uh, I think Herb Street was talking about. Uh, you know, he, his piece that he did on Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jacob. And uh, he was just asking him, so, you know, which one of you used the best? And uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were, like, pointing right at Jackson yeah. Smith and Jacob. It's like, this guy. Like, we're going to have great careers. We're good. Like, they're first-round picks. But yeah. this guy's different. And, boy, uh, he dropped, you know, about a bajillion yards. I think over 300 in the Rose Bowl. Has all the single-game records uh, and, like, single-season records for receiving yards, receptions for Ohio state. Like it's, it's nuts. Roseville records, that guy, man, like he's not even draft eligible, but before we hop into like this year's national championship talk, that was the most ridiculous game on the entire slate of bowls. Like out of all yeah. 40 games or whatever. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It was like so fun. If you were going to rank Jackson Spinthic Jigba in this class of wide receivers, if he was eligible this year, where would you take him?
1: That's really hard. Um, I mean, he's going top three. I think
2: so, too. I think honestly, would he go ahead of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in the real
1: draft? I don't know. Like, that's what's tricky is like Garrett Wilson. We've talked about this. He's my number one. Um And if he's sitting here pointing at this dude, being like, no, he's better than me. Then he's they're better like, than Whoa. me, guys. Like, I've been I in the room know. with him for
2: two years. Like, this guy is better than me.
1: Especially like coming from wide receivers who they're always like, no, no, this dude's good, but I'm the best. You know, like that's yeah. the wide receiver's mentality. Yeah. But and then the two of the guys defying. who are older. <laughs> yeah. Like, no,
2: no, this kid right here, ridiculous. And yeah. Uh, yeah I take bad. him right
1: after Drake London. How about that? Okay. Fair enough that,
2: okay. We'll, well, we'll not give away everything that we're going to talk about on the show <laughs> later on, but let's let's dive in because I know a lot of people are talking about the national championship this week, um, and you know maybe by the time you listen to this, it's going to be after the championship. But there are going to be some things that I think we can really talk about, just implied outcomes and some possibilities with these player stocks that will outlast the you know short term listen listenership or listenability of of this particular episode because. Right. When it comes to the top players, uh, this this game I think could be very impactful for draft stocks down the stretch. I mean, you, you talked about it with Ryan Robinson uh, up top with the Alabama, the running back, and he's a great story by the way. I, you know, literally from Tuscaloosa, yeah, he goes to Alabama, yeah. four star guy. Like he could have gone somewhere else and started, but instead
1: he waits five Forever. years to get his like <laughs> to get ever. his first shot and started. And when you're at when you're a running back at Alabama and you just because you've been there for three years doesn't mean you're going to get the job. Like They're yeah, recruiting that's... the top running backs in the country. Y- y- there's no guarantees.
2: Yeah, and he was ahead of a former number one overall running back in his class in Trey Sanders this year. He was ahead of the number one or two or whatever. I think it was two or three running back in this freshman year class. And part of it was Kamar Wheaton came in and actually uh, wasn't always healthy, but he's he was ahead of two five-star running backs. Right. And uh, really, honestly, even before Jason McClellan went down, he was already slated to be ahead of uh, ahead of him, too, in the pecking order. Like, he wouldn't have had as dominant a year because McClellan would have taken more touches, but he was going ahead of him, too. So, Brian Robinson blows up against Michigan, um, and Michigan just gets trounced in the semifinal round uh, to the surprise of probably not too many people. Uh, you know, even though I line was just over a touchdown, I think, where it landed. Like seven and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he, he just absolutely dominated, like you said, was very possible. And I, I think that there are some people that are going to overreact to that performance. And if he does something like that again against an even better defense, like there's no way he's not getting day two capital.
1: Right. And I expect that to happen, actually. Uh we did our episode a couple of weeks ago with like the the boom players, the bull boomers or whatever. I forget exactly what we titled it, yes. but Um, Yeah. Brian Robinson, I think is like, he's halfway there. He had his big game. Uh, I think his rushing prop right now is at 65 yards. I expect him to go over that. I I think he's going to have a good game. I, I think he's going to get a touchdown. I think he's going to get about 80 to 110 yards. And I know that's a pretty wide range, but it's a very good outcome regardless of what part of that scale he hits. Um, I I think he's going to smash. And I think people will uh, reach for him because he's an Alabama running back. He's just been, producing in in games that everyone's watching. And I think it's going to make a big difference yeah. for him. Um, I fully expect him to, uh, to climb quite a bit. Oh well, yeah. think about what, what happened to Trey sermon
2: last year and all he did was, right. I mean, he had a strong finish uh, even before the, the playoff season. And then he had that crazy explosion in the semifinal. And even though he was hurt in like the, what the first play, of the actual final, like he had already done enough that he was like, well, guys, I guess I'm going to be a a day two pick even even though my entire resume is pretty trash. Um, And Mm -hmm. so uh, outside of like one month. Uh, So and and that's really what Brian Robinson has been like. He was an OK backup last year and this year he looked pretty good, but he still wasn't really efficient all season long. Um, And part of why we think, you know, you know, this year's Alabama roster isn't as elite as it is is we look at the top-tier playmakers and we go, oh, you know, they're not really the household names like they have been. Like, even Jamison Williams, like, was a nobody until this year. Right. And so, I mean, he was a top 100 recruit, but he sat and did absolutely nothing at Ohio State and then transferred to Alabama, and I was skeptical. I was like, what are you doing? Like, go transfer somewhere else where you're assured immediate playing time. And he apparently
1: uh, was.
2: <laughs> He didn't. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, just a little bit, though, uh, you know, just absolutely went off and could be the – First wide receiver taken in next year's draft. Speaking of Jamison Williams, dude got shut down for the most part against okay. Sas Gardner and Kobe Bryant.
1: I wanted to talk to you about that because um, you, we were texting during the game and you, and you said that, and I was wondering if he was shut down or if they just asked Jamison um, to play the John Mechie role and kind of become their possession receiver, which I think is a poor decision. I'd rather see him bombing it down the field. So I was wondering, do you think it was a change in scheme for, for, for Alabama? Or do you think um, that they, they took his lunch money as what's would say? I think that is his favorite expression. I think if
2: you look at the, the, the game script, like what happened on the first couple of drives and what they were doing. Um, and I don't know if you got a chance to like look at the all 22 or anything, but it looked like early on, you know, Georgia actually came out and what had a lead. What, what, what was the lead like 10 Oh or something? Like, they were doing really well, like, early
1: on in the game. Um, was it 10-0? I can't even remember. Man, I don't even remember. I don't remember what happened in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl. Like, two days so. ago? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah,
2: so, no, just kidding. It was – no, I was, I was thinking of a different game. Anyway, now I'm thinking of an SEC championship game. That's what it is. But, so, Alabama – uh, so, yeah, so Alabama did take a lead, but they didn't dominate on through the air. They, like, dominated on the ground. They had Brian Robinson have, like, a billion carries on, on the first drive or whatever. Uh, but even in, when they did try to pass, uh, I think what they realized very quickly is that, hey, Cincinnati decided Jamison Williams is not going to be the guy to beat us. Um, and even when he would be in close coverage with Kobe Bryant or Sauce Gardner, uh, he would have no room whatsoever. couple passes defended a couple just miscues early on in the game. And then he was just taking like short curls and like short crossers or whatever he could just get his hands on and just try to try to sit down. if they're in zone, just sit there, like just, you know, and, and nothing over the top. He had six catches or whatever. He had probably nine, 10 targets, but uh, you know, he didn't really amass amass much production. Didn't have to, but even when the game was still close and they were still passing quite a bit, uh, he was pretty much locked down and had what 8.9 yards per reception or something crazy. So um, I think Georgia, maybe they don't even have as, I, honestly, they probably don't have as good of corners uh, outside of maybe Darian K- Kendrick as sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. But if they really choose to bracket Jameson Williams, uh, I wonder
1: how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Jamison Williams is good enough that if they utilize him and I think Bryce Young is good enough that if they utilize him like they did, um, in the sec championship game i think he's still gonna have I i don't think he's gonna put up those same numbers that he did then and i think that's the game you were thinking about where yeah uh, georgia came out to that 10 <clears throat> that 10 nothing yeah um, and then they lead. just completely so,
2: yeah. changed and bonded out you know jameson williams had that really ridiculously impressive yak reception over the middle yeah. outrun outrun the whole defense yeah that was a different game but like this again like if they choose to truly racket him and just say this is not how you're going to win is Brian Robinson going to be enough? And because they will, they win the trenches enough if they really shift and do silence uh Jameson Williams. But the thing is, if Jameson could, Jameson Williams hurt his stock, I guess at this point because he's been climbing through the roof. The implication right. is, you know, he's a first rounder that there's just no debate at this point. But if, no, we, I, if he has two games in a row where he's like eight point nine yards per reception, yes, he grabs seven balls, but. Okay, whatever. And then they lose the national championship game and he only has like five catches for 60 yards and no touchdowns.
1: I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I think in that instance, uh, more blame will be put on the offensive line allowing too much pressure against Bryce Young because I think that's why it would happen. Um, and maybe that's not actually what you said because you said that they shut, like, if they shut him down as opposed to... Um, I just don't think anyone can shut him down on George's defense. Um, and if Young has time, he'll find him. Uh, unless yeah. they do try to change his role on the team and make him more like, hey, we just want to get you the ball and we'll figure it out. But hopefully they're doing that in creative ways. And I think they will. Uh, I think we'll see them try to get him in open space. Because like you said, not only is he a great downfield receiver, but he is great after the catch as well. So uh, even just trying to get him with some some wide receiver screens or you know some of those tricky RPOs that they do that, uh, you know, the, the linemen are blocking seven yards down the field.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Uh, we will see.
2: Cause that'll be interesting. And I, for uh, solid verbal, I always do a weekly stats column for, for them. Uh, you know, you guys may have heard of the podcast, but they just have, well, they have a few websites, but on SolidVerbal dot com, they have three weekly articles. One of them is mine. And I was outlining how many snaps the Alabama, uh, offensive line is going to be missing. Like they're going to be missing, Uh, over 2,500 starter snaps uh, from this year. Like they've replaced their center and he's kind of held down the job, but the right guard and right tackle also might be out. And if that's the case, uh, things are going to get tricky on that side of the offensive line. So that might completely change the game. Like they already brought the pressure last time they played. Bryce Young just wiggled out of everything and just made some ridiculous magic plays because, well, he's, he's Bryce Young. But if that doesn't happen... Um, and I I don't know I I don't think it could really hurt a stock too much but I think there will be some people that that are overreacting because people majorly overreacted just this past week to uh, Aiden Hutchinson like do, whoa man he got chip and shut down like is he really the top people? player?
1: are you thinking you know, like, draft
2: people oh yeah. Uh,
1: yeah I have not been on Twitter this last week so I don't yeah. know where the draft com- I don't know where the Twitter uh, community is right now but uh, they are or I should maybe say we are a tad dramatic at times. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think
2: that, that that is the wrong conclusion to draw because I think right. if a team just decides, hey, there are tons of other problems going on with your, your roster and we're just going to shut you down. Like the offensive line, half of it's gone. It's the Bill, it's the bill Belichick. Out.
3: Yeah, no. exactly. Like We're just, just going
2: to have best to take player. Away. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to change the stock. I just want to ask because I know no, that I, some yeah. people will overreact. Right. But... Uh, you know, other guys that couldn't improve their stock. I don't even know if Bryce Young can even help his stock any further. like I, he's basically already already at the ceiling. like he just won the Heisman, like he is assumed to be the best quarterback in all of college football already. Like he is pretty much slated and assumed he's going to be the number one pick or number two pick or whatever after will Anderson, of course, on his own team the best edge rusher best, defencer, best defensive player but maybe the best player in all of college sports will anderson like he might go after him but like it's assumed like can can his stock go any higher
1: <laughs> well i, I kind of reminds me of like trevor lawrence busting out on the scene and getting you know he pretty much getting the the helium balloon to the roof uh treatment and yeah. even though he continued to produce really really well and he had an amazing collegiate career Um, people, when he declared for the NFL draft, like, man, if you look back, like one national championship, like, like everyone seemed a little underwhelmed by him, you know, but he still went number one overall. I think Bryce Young could have a similar situation happen where, you know, it's, he can't go any higher, but he's going to have been, he's going to have gotten so high that, uh, even falling might still land him as a top three overall pick, you know?
2: Yeah, and I, that's where I feel like he's just going to coast at this point. He's got the Heisman. If he wins the national championship this year, I think it's just going to be assumed. People are just going to kind of hardy pencil in yeah. his name, top five, whatever. Um, but, yeah, and defensive players, though, I mean, they normally have three, four, five first-rounders. I don't know if they have that this year. But uh, with a couple of strong performances, I think Christian Harris, uh, Henry Toto, uh Jordan Battle, all three of those guys could very well be early, early, early picks this year. But uh, it's not as stacked as it usually is. I think that's why we're a little bit more suspect and maybe think that Georgia could have a chance. And if they do have a chance, like I think Brock Bowers is going to have to get his again, just like he did last game. Uh, Had like 100, almost 140 yards receiving, I think last game uh, in the SEC championship game uh, when they faced off. But James Cook,
1: man. uh, Wait, wait. Before you move on from Brock Bowers, I just remember. I just remember the preseason when we were like talking about Eric Gilbert uh, going to be like crushing at tight end for mm-hmm. georgia what do you think the lines would have have to be, have been for you to say that brock power is it like plus plus ten thousand that brock bowers over eric gilbert like what a what a rise for this guy like uh, not not someone any of us were talking about um no i mean and, when you and have now look at him
2: two other five star tight ends on your own team like because we don't even when we're not even talking about darnell washington anymore Like he's a five star tight end. Eric Gilbert transfers over from LSU to play. And obviously, he's, I don't know what's going on with him. I wish him the best. I hope he um, can come back and play eventually. But right now, he's probably, it's looking like he's just not. But, uh, you know, he was the greatest tight end ever, according to 27 Sports, like the (laughs) highest rated tight end prospect of all time. And so, yeah, I mean, we didn't see Brock Bowers coming because even though Brock Bowers was a top 110, 125, consensus type recruit in his class and that's pretty much the cusp i think i talked about this recently on on the podcast on another, on another show that's like the cusp of like where you see tight ends start to have a really higher hit rate versus other mm-hmm. position groups like when they get inside the top tw- like 125ish especially like five star tight ends he was right on the edge there but you know yeah there's no reason that we would assume he was just going to slot in and, and do what he's done but he's automatically like a top two three tight end in the country at this point and uh alabama couldn't shut them down shut them down last time and i don't expect them to be able to shut them down this time maybe if they designate two defenders to him they'll be able to do so but i think that would be an error because there are good pass catchers on georgia um you know george pickens is looking more and more like himself uh lad mcconkey and jermaine burton and Adonai mitchell Adonai mitchell i think maybe even has more stat, like snaps i think than any other wide receiver for Georgia on the year like and he's a true freshman they've got some young talented wide receivers and some people think James Cook and Zamir White are both somehow going to get early round draft capital so tons of skill like skill players that uh we should be excited about or at least some people are telling us we should be excited about but on Georgia like if you had to outside of George Pickens because I feel like you and I both and most people who have been talking about this player in George Pickens uh, breaking out as a true freshman with, with a 30% dominator rating 2 years ago. Like we we kind of assume he's going to be a top 50-60 pick in the draft, but be outside of that group, like who are you most
1: excited about their NFL future for? I mean, outside of and we can't say Brock Bowers. Yeah, no,
2: no, no Bowers. But like yeah. who's going to have mean, to step up cuz they they have to have somebody else step up?
1: James Cook and, is is the name I look to and I think it will be in the passing game, uh, if, if, cause, cause Stetson Bennett needs to get, um, getting control of this game early and, and be able to manage this game. Um, and he can't do that if they fall behind, uh, Georgia can't play with Alabama in that scenario. So I think getting James cook involved in the run game, whether it's screen passes or, or, you know, having Brock Bowers run up the seam and, and having James cook run those little wheel routes behind him on the sideline, um, you know, I think that's something that they'll have to to look to. So to me, uh, a lot of the success will come from, from, you know, the running back out of the backfield, which, you know, is typically James Cook in that scenario. Uh, I like Zeus too, though. I mean, Zeus is a guy I was super high on uh, two years ago. Um, I drafted him everywhere. And even this offseason, I was one of the high guys on him just because I thought he could bounce back. Um, it's not been, you know, as, as amazing as I had hoped, but his name's back on the radar again. And, um, I think, you know, those running backs, I think, are probably the most important, um, probably even more so than Stetson Bennett, um, because I think if if you're relying on Stetson Bennett to win this game, you've already lost. Um, Relying on these running backs, I think, might be different, might, might actually make a difference.
2: Yeah, and, and Bennett, I mean, he can add some value with his legs. I'm not sure he's yeah, going to scamper yeah. much against uh, Alabama's defense. I, I did um, recommend
1: was, on the other pod uh, taking the over 13.5 uh, rush yard prop. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. For Stetson Bennett.
2: Exactly. If it was JT Daniels, it would be uh, uh, negative 13.5 probably. That's, <laughs> That's where right. you'd have to set the line. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, he's been efficient, but – I don't think he has an NFL future. I don't think he's got those traits. I don't think he can really, like, and he hasn't really displayed at all that he can just air it out 30, 40 times a game and, uh, you know, lead his team to victory when you have to be throwing. So I hope that's not the case. But to James Cook, to, to your point with him, like, he's interesting because he's super small. Like, I think he's still under 200 pounds. Um, I don't think he's as fast as his brother. I don't think he's as good in any respect as his brother, Dal- Dalvin Cook. Uh, but he's good enough to be a great college player. But I, I'm not really sure where he gets drafted, but if he has another good game where he you know, only has six, maybe, maybe has six to eight carries for 40-something rushing yards, but he makes the big play as a receiver. Again, uh, we've seen him do a couple times in a few different games this year, and he ends up with over 100 yards from scrimmage and uh, a really important touchdown. I think he's probably going to get talked up into day two conversation. Like I, I, I didn't have him there. Uh, No, until until basically the Michigan game, and then I saw a bunch of people talking him up like, "Oh yeah, and this is Dalvin's brother," and they're just finding this out by the way. And
1: this is why when we do what, and I make jokes about doing this, but this is why when we do our C to C drafts and stuff, I always pick the random little brother, random (laughs) legacy,
2: (laughs) random legacy, because even if he does, if he does anything at all, like there's going to be some window of time where people like, "Oh yeah, he's going to be you know, he's related to so and so," and uh, yeah. Which is funny. It's a little yeah, bump. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's a sibling bump. It really is. I don't think Cook or White are, are going to be long-term, like really solid NFL players. Like we saw Alan Kamara uh, produce minimally uh, at, at UT, and then he uh, got day two capital anyway and turned out to be one of the best backs we've ever seen. Uh, but James Cook is like a full 20-plus pounds lighter. <laughs> he's a he's he's a different kind of player he's not as good he's i know he's going to get comped probably to his own, his own brother and to players like camara who can catch passes um but i just don't see him as that player uh but you know maybe maybe he'll get amped up though after this game if if it is that georgia wins then it's partially because of him that could happen but it's just crazy looking at like this the number of four and five stars up and down this roster even uh, you know they're missing. Both teams are missing players, and it right. doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it's just like one goes down, and both of these teams, the number one and number three recruiting teams in the college football playoff era, like Alabama is in the college football playoff era has had forty six five stars that they brought in, one hundred and fifty eight four stars. Georgia, that's so that's insane. I mean, that's a silly number. That's a crazy number. And Georgia, thirty five five stars, one hundred and forty nine four stars. Like there are only like 12 or 13 schools in the nation outside of these two teams that have in the same span, even 104 stars. And both of these teams have 149 at least. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, it's, it's insane.
2: Uh, the talent gap is just incredible. And, and bravo to Cincinnati for making it to the playoff. Like that was a great story. I wanted them to win, but uh, they never had a chance and it was evident. And, it is that it's great. We have the best two teams that made it. I, I know that a lot of people are probably tired of the SEC dominating, but they have five of the top six best recruiting teams in uh, what in the, the college football playoff era. And after this year's class, Texas A&M will move up into the top six or seven as well. So they'll actually have six of the top seven recruiting schools. Yeah, insane. It's just insane. And so, like when that's happening, you're going to have the SEC making it to the playoff every year. Like whether it's LSU or or uh, somebody else is going to make it to the playoff, even if it's not Alabama or Georgia. So, but anyway, we should probably move on. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) on on the other side, I I am going to talk about some questions that I've been getting on draft season on this 2022 class. We just had a mock draft uh, on the last show. But even since then I've had questions on that show. Um, and so I want to get to those, uh, on the other side, but we'll, we'll do that before we talk about some player values and, and consensus top prospects, according to you, the listeners, but first a word from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
3: All right,
1: so even since I've done, I mentioned this. We we did
3: the
2: wait, trash. wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Hang what? on, hang on. Before you jump into questions, I want to get your official pick on official the game. Pick your oh. official pick on the Natty. Okay, um, well, give me the so, lines. You you so have memorized. Got, it's <laughs> minus three Georgia, um, obviously plus three Bama at like minus one ten. Um, you can take Bama on the money line. It's about one thirty five. Over under is set at fifty two and a half.
2: I think common sense would just say, "Hey, look, Alabama is Alabama, and they won the last game, and they still have Will Anderson, who is the best player on the defensive side. They still have Bryce Young, who is the best player on the offensive side. They still have a first-round wide receiver, and Jamison Williams. They are—they're going to have some offensive line issues, but um, we've already seen this happen once. It is tough to beat the same team twice, and I want to lean Georgia. My heart pick is Georgia. Plus." Whatever points. I hope they blow them out. But uh, my, my mind says that you can't bet against Nick Saban, uh, who will, after this, have half of the championships won in the <laughs> playoff era. Oh, that's uh, so, so that's just that's just silly. Um, so, yeah, I think both rosters are stacked. I just don't think anyone in the secondary for Georgia, the front seven or six or seven, whatever, is incredible. I don't think they have an answer. Like we, we were talking about earlier. I I don't think Jamison Williams actually gets shut down. Like I just he's gonna bust one or two right. and it's gonna be the dagger that does it. Oh and Brian Robinson will just grind out whatever he needs. It's not gonna be a, a pretty performance for him, but he's gonna do enough. And Bryce Young will elude all the pressure. That, I think they even had more than a dozen pressures last game. And mm-hmm. it just didn't matter. Like he just still Did made plays. Down. Yeah. And so it doesn't. Yeah, I I just can't bet against Alabama.
1: So you're taking Bama plus three or Bama and you're money giving, line? Uh, both. Yeah, I'll, I'll sprinkle that money line. I'll sprinkle uh, that money I'm line. also I'm also taking. Uh, yeah, I didn't tell you this one, but I also want uh, the over on Alabama's team total, which is like a twenty four and a half. Uh, so I oh, I've yeah. already bet oh, that yeah
2: smash that over yeah yep
1: so yeah cool yeah I'm with you I'm taking Bama money line actually. Um I don't need those 3 points. I'm pretty yeah. confident. I was I was flirting with the idea of going uh bama minus 6 on an alt line and getting like that plus 255. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'll sprinkle that. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, and I'm taking the over 52 because I don't think any of these games between the, these two teams have finished with less than 60 in a long time. So, um no, if you need to beat Alabama, you need like 35 anyway. So, right. They're going to be swinging for cool. defenses. Now now let's move be. on to some of the questions that you've been getting.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, and, and this is, so even since our last show, I, I, I had multiple questions and I kind of narrowed it down into one question because, like, a lot of them had to do with, like, it basically was are there any elite quarterbacks in this class? Because the way we were talking about some of the quarterbacks in the class, it implied that, you know, we had questions. Like, Matt West Bay, I think, said that a few of them were just straight up bad, you know, <laughs> like, especially right, like Desmond right. Ritter, like who didn't look great uh, playing against Alabama in the semifinals and Kenny Pickett, he might, might be, you know, the guy that goes early, but he has some questions Uh, in in terms of like being a one year wonder. Matt Corral is injured. Like how serious is that injury? Um, Probably not that bad. I'm not, 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 you know, I'm not knocking him at all, but my answer, if if there's like any elite quarterback in this class, I think it's, I think it's no, like, I, I think it's no, because, and it's not that the rookies that, have made it to the NFL this year, have just smashed. But like profile wise, like Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, like this class has the potential to be the next whatever it was, 2004, you know, that brought in Eli Manning and uh, Philip Rivers and Big Ben all together. Like it could be that kind of class, or you know, yeah, it's hard absolutely. to say better, but you know, eventually, maybe uh, just in that in that category. And, and I don't see that with this group. This is one of the worst. Groups, even though there might be four or five or six that get drafted in the top 60 picks, um, I don't think that there are. Uh, like I got really love the upside of a lot of these guys, um, and the profiles are almost good enough. Sam Howell would be my bet to be the safest play. He's got two back-to-back years of really good pass efficiency, even though he had a couple of bad games this year, uh, and incredible rushing upside. Matt Corral, uh, he's my quarterback one still. I think that, that should be the quarterback one for everyone. But I wouldn't say that he's a lead either. So mm-hmm, I'm not sure right. he's even going to have one season over like 91st percentile-ish, you know, at pass efficiency. So I don't know. Uh, I, agree the I, I agree with you.
1: I agree with you. I'm a little lower on Sam Howell than most people already. Um, Kenny Pickett, I love the story, and I think it's fun because it's someone that I was jokingly talking about three years ago, but I was jokingly talking about him, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you know. Like even uh, so, even two years ago, like even last yeah. year, I think, yeah, like, like it was a joke. Spring, like, oh, Kenny Pickett's the man. You can't bet, don't it, bet against Pitt because of Pickett. Was, like, oh, man. was it was it uh, C
2: three or uh, I don't know what league it was. It, I think I even jokingly sent you a message. I took Kenny Pickett with the right. last pick in round forty five of right. the college of the Canton <laughs> league.
1: And that's what that's where he was. How did like how was, did that how did that end up for you,
2: by the way? That was amazing because I had I Kenny Pickett and <laughs> so Bailey Zappy on the same freaking team. Uh and yes, I won uh, a championship. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I think that was I think that was Ocho. Uh, but I think uh West Bay is in that league with me. Um, but yeah, that worked
1: out great. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh so yeah, yeah, that was but yeah, I don't think there are any elite quarterbacks. I love Matt Corral um and what he's done, and, and I think he's super fun, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to translate to being elite in the NFL. I don't think it will. Um, And uh, I think, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, This has been a weird year, though, because um, CJ Stroud struggled early. DJU struggled all year. Um, So Bryce Young took a while. So even like the guys that aren't coming out this year, like just in general, quarterback play felt a little blah. Like that's why we didn't know who was going to win the Heisman for a long time until... The very end of the season you know it's just like there wasn't that elite quarterback play and um and i think that i think that's totally fair but to your point as well i don't think any of these guys are bad i don't just don't see them as like franchise changing quarterbacks
2: yeah exactly and and and, you know it's still january so these guys are going to be talked up so much that by the end of it we're all going to be assuming that they're all going to be like all six of them like are going to be top fifteen picks or whatever. And that's not going to happen. But uh, you know, people are going to look at these players and talk them up and convince themselves that they're elite. But I just don't think that that's the case. So I'm yeah, not. I'm too. not scrambling to get an early first to reach for a quarterback in yeah. my rookie drafts this year. That's just not a thing. And speaking of rookie drafts, I've had several other questions again, especially since Matt Wispy came on the show and just trashed the 22 class again. And I've seen a lot more positive sentiment as, as it pertains to the 22 class uh, on Twitter and message boards here and there just talking about, um, well, hey, this this class is actually pretty deep at wide receiver, and it is at wide receiver, and that's it. Um, like tight end, like I like Trey McBride, uh, but he's he's kind of a weak tight end one for most classes. Uh, I like uh, Brees Hall. I like Isaiah Spiller. I like... Uh, you know, maybe Kenneth Walker and, and Rashad White. You know, there are some players like you, like Zach Charbonnet. Uh, but there aren't the running backs that we we get you know, we're used to seeing. Yeah, there's uh, no Jonathan really strong, Taylor. No, there's no Jonathan Taylor behind door two. Guy. You know, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> yeah. that's just, and that's and that speaks to the other question I was getting and is how many rookie running backs will make an immediate impact in 2022? Uh, like both of those questions, like we really just uh, like. The depth questions in in 2022 and and like how many rookie players can I expect to make an impact? We we really don't know, you know, at this point, because like, is there going to be a Michael Michael Carter situation where he all of a sudden is in like on a dumpster fire offense? But he's like the best player by default because everyone else is Tevin Coleman uh, or or something like that. Um, And that might happen. But I don't think that there's going to be more than three or four guys that even work into a, a 1B or 1A role. Uh, from this class for running back Like that's just not yeah. Probably in the cards Like I like these players But I don't think there's a single running back That is elite in the whole stinking class And that's a bummer Because like I don't think that there's going to be a first round Running back in this group I, I think the first running back will probably go Because somebody will get antsy And get reachy around pick 40 You know and, and that's mm-hmm. okay And that's okay like They're really good top 50 plus picks uh, that pan out especially in, the, in today's day and age Jordan, when teams are realizing, oh, yeah, we don't have to invest the capital in that position as much. But I, I don't know. Like, Where are you with the running
1: backs in this class? Oh, I agree. I think I am probably higher on Brees Hall than than you or, or Matt. Uh, I, I like him quite a bit. Not so much what he put up. I mean, he put up great numbers this year. I think last year maybe it had more of an impact because Iowa State was playing yeah. well as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and their offensive line was was mauling, and he just took over. Ga- he he took over games and and brought them a lot of success um, from a wins and loss perspective. Uh, and we didn't see that this year, so I think maybe some of the shine rubbed off him. But he put together a really good year. Again, I'm a big Brees Hall fan, and I think if he does wind up in the right spot, no, we're not getting a Jonathan Taylor type situation, but I think it could still be uh, very valuable for fantasy. Um, If he ends up at a place like maybe um, a a, a running back needy place like Atlanta or something like that, Um, I could see him having a lot of success um, just because he would be the most talented person there. And I assume he will be the first running back taken. So, so Brees Hall is the one guy. um, So how many rookie running backs will make an immediate impact? The only person I would feel comfortable um, with, and that's such with that question is breeze hall because i think yeah the team that picks him because he'll be the first guy taken is probably in need of a running back yep completely agree
2: i think that uh, breeze hall would be the safest bet i like nazia spiller uh people are putting kenneth walker uh kenneth walker as running back one that's a little bit much considering he's right. zero as a receiver but um You know, he's really good and he's really strong and he's got some vision and he's got enough burst to get to the edge. And he makes made some crazy plays this year. Uh, So he's he's going to be Jordan Howard. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but with better capital, hopefully. because I think Howard actually missed out on on early capital. But yeah, he can do that home run threat thing, you know. But yeah, he's he's weak for a typical running back three. If if that is your running back three. Uh, I really like Rashad
1: White, but you guys don't. Uh, no, no, no! I'm I, I my me not liking him is actually just me not liking myself for picking the guy who now plays linebacker. <laughs> yeah, but, do you to train him. Yeah, yeah. It's linebacker. it's it's not that I don't like him. I don't like myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, <laughs> my therapist you know, I, and I talk about that a lot, though. So
2: <laughs> I will say that you know, I you know, every single year I become known as the rookie pole mock guy. Yeah, uh, because every single year I I do like the the official this year's draft rookie poll mock series of like the top 24 picks. And uh, last year, I think I got 12,000 votes on that poll uh, set of polls this year. It'll probably be even more. It's been going up every single year. It's great because we get great sample sizes uh, of of feedback on public consensus on all the top players. Uh, But rather than jumping in and just doing that uh, blind this year, um, I felt like because there's a lot of disagreement among the top quarterbacks and even top running backs and top wide receivers, like who should even be eligible for these first like Twitter polls, because there's only four options that you can put on a Twitter poll. So I, right. I wanted to kind of get a guide for who the consensus was at, at top players at each position. And it looks like, uh, I mean, maybe the people have just been listening to this podcast, but Matt Corral ran away with the quarterback one. Like he right. took down like 54%. Like the, and this is we're talking about like all these polls had like 500 plus votes and he took back, he took down a 54% of the votes. Kenny Pickett was second with twenty two point seven percent of the vote and Sam and that Howell. That surprised
1: you know, me, honestly. Really?
2: Like that big of a gap?
1: No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's surprising that Kenny Pickett uh beat out Sam Howell.
2: Yeah, I think people are just really coming around on the hype with with Kenny, Kenny Pickett, just because like he put up over forty touchdowns, set some pit records, and um, you know, he the way that he plays is kind of reminiscent of like Justin Herbert a little bit. And so uh, and and even maybe Joe Burrow, like how that that late career, you know, resurgence for his career, like it people that's fresh on the mind. And so mm-hmm. because those two hot names uh, are what everybody wants in the NFL right now, uh, I think he's just coming around, and people are going to probably overvalue him, and he's probably going to be the quarterback two taken, maybe even the quarterback one taken when it's all said and done, uh, just because of uh, some recent comps honestly like that's like that's mm-hmm. that's probably what it's going to come down to but your boy and our really mine too i mean like he's been our running but you and i are running back one for a while brees hall knocked it out of the park for the running back one vote took down 49 percent of the vote isaiah spiller was second with 32 percent. third is kenneth walker with 17.7 percent. if you want to ha- find all these results you can find them on my twitter feed i did these uh polls on december 28th by the way uh, wide receiver one was surprising, though at least uh, in terms of how badly he he won the the consensus wide receiver one vote. Like six hundred eighty five people voted, and he he took down almost sixty percent of the vote. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas, for the consensus wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, and then I already said at the top of the show, like Garrett Wilson's mine. So uh, six hundred eighty five. What my one vote obviously was not significant enough not to enough. make a <laughs> difference. But uh, yeah, I, I I selected Garrett Wilson. Uh, and then I refused to vote on any more wide receiver uh, polls that you put out because I was so angry.
0: <laughs> so, well, these hey, people don't, these people. Hey,
2: Garrett Wilson did win in a landslide the wide receiver two vote though. Right. Like okay. once Burks was off the board, then Wilson took down sixty-one percent of the vote uh, in the two slot. So it yeah. seems like there's a very clear, at least by consensus, right now, wide receiver one and wide receiver two. Treylon Burks and Garrett Wilson. Uh, but after that, it gets kind of confusing do but it tied in. I found it very interesting the, the Jalen, why we- uh, do Jalen Weidermeyer, Texas A&M and Trey McBride, uh, Colorado, Colorado state uh, McBride is my tight end one. Weidermeyer was just kind of riding hype that he had for a couple seasons already being an sec tight end and being productive, but he, Took down forty two point nine percent and won the tight end one vote, but he only won by one percent over yeah. McBride. Like and yeah. likely I it was Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler were the other two names on the board. And uh they got very little votes. Uh right.
1: so and they should and they shouldn't have. Like you Yeah. It this uh this should have been a highly, you know a 2 a t a two a two horse race, two, as they yeah. say. Uh, yeah. I won't say a two race horse but I don't think that's right <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. um, I voted McBride on this one. Um but I wasn't surprised to see Widermeyer. He he ha- does have that that name recognition and he's he's just he's on TV more and he's scored mm-hmm. um he's he's scored some very impressive touchdowns. He's a he's a great red zone threat. Uh, but not not as I mean especially not this season but the year before when they had competent quarterback play. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I wasn't surprised to see him take this one down. I mean, take yeah. it down. He got one one point one percent more than Trey McBride. So, yeah. uh, but, but he, and McBride he was winning up, he for like up. the
2: majority of the poll. But then when I did the tight tight end two de- debate, uh, that poll Trey McBride took down seventy one percent of the votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. So there is a clear drop off. I think when I do the the, the rookie poll series, I think the only two tight ends that I'll introduce ever in that poll, I will be near the end of round two. Uh, and then there'll be Trey McBride and, and Jalen Wiedemeyer, probably. It was just because it was a clear landslide. But the wide yeah. receiver depth, I didn't even go as far as I could. I just wanted to kind of see where people were on, like, the top seven-ish mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in this crew. Uh, but, like, it was clearly Traylon Burks, clearly Garrett Wilson. And then once we got down to the wide receiver uh, three debate, it was a little bit closer, but not really. I mean, Drake London still won kind of in a landslide. Jameson Williams. I was, so, I was
1: surprised that Jameson Williams didn't. I actually would pick uh, Drake London ahead of him too. But, uh, just with what Jamison has done this year, I just thought people would be all about it.
2: Yeah. And it seems like consensus is still not quite caught up, uh, on where Jameson Williams is probably going to be drafted. Like he's probably going to be drafted top 10, top 15. Um, and so, you know, right now, maybe, maybe analytics Twitter was voting on this some too, because his production yeah. profile won't be good until this season. Um, right. But, yeah, Drake London was in the, the wide receiver three spot. Uh, and then uh, four was clearly Jameson Williams. And then after that, it seems like Chris Olave uh, was slotted in around five. And then six and seven were probably Jahan Dotson or David Bell, um, based on the, the voting that uh, I, I did there. But I found it really interesting, intriguing because – and that's probably the, where the, the first tier ends for wide receivers for me. But there was just yeah. so much agreement. Uh, in big tear breaks among the top wide receivers that that confused me a little bit, yeah. Um, But it definitely again seems that there's a very clear top three at running back two because it was Brees Hall by a mile and then it was Isaiah Spiller by quite a bit. Like, I think he took down 67% of the votes for running back two, and then Kenneth Walker ran away with the running back three, like even more so. Like, I mean, Rashad White, Kyron Williams, Zach Charbonnet all got single digit percentage points yes. of, of the vote pretty surprising when facing off against Kenneth Walker for running back three, like there was just like, Holy cow, there's a really hard tear yeah. break. And so uh, m- most classes, I feel like there's, there's at least more of a conversation when, when yeah. we, get, we get down to running back three, but there's just not that. And I think that speaks to the perceived depth of that position.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I think Kyron Williams will get a bit more um, love throughout the off season here. Um, I think he, it might one of the, he might, I don't know, go, it's these guys with the, the, the name recognition. Kenneth Walker, like was in the Heisman race, you know, yeah. like people just know that uh, the fact that the fact that he can't, they're not, they are not can not catch the fact that we don't know what he can do in the passing game, uh, hasn't yeah. scared people off because they just remember seeing him on sports center or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's but good anyway. stuff, man. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to, uh, to vote in that, uh, pretty yeah. soon here. when When yeah. are you, yeah. when are you doing that?
2: I'll do the full uh, length, um, kind of like rookie official 2022 rookie poll mock uh, after the declaration deadline, which is uh, January 15th.
1: Um, and of course, we'll talk about it here, I'm sure, too.
2: I'm sure we will. But uh, you can find, I always use the hashtag, uh, whatever draft it is, and then rookie poll mock if you want to follow along. If you want to look up older drafts, like 2021, rookie poll mock, like hashtag 2020, yeah. 2019, 2018. I don't think I use the right hashtag. Uh, for 2017 or <laughs> 2016. I, I was doing it even back then. Yeah. I think I've done this six, seven, seven This would be the seventh year now, I think. Awesome. I, and so, yeah, it's just, it's funny because the the crowd, the wisdom of the crowd seems to has been improving really every single oh, year sure. predicting real yeah. draft capital just because there's more information than ever. But uh, we'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see where we are in, in terms of accuracy and, and real capital and all that conversation uh, as a group consensus this year. Yeah, I'm but that's all sure. the time we have on on this show on the national championship, not well, national championship special plus some. I guess we could. Uh, yeah, that's extra. not that's not a very good yeah extra <laughs> and extra. That's yeah we'll work out the name we'll figure it out. But uh, please do leave uh, leave a rate and review, or you can put your question in your review if you make it a five star one that would be helpful wherever you listen. Uh, we'll be covering tons of NFL and college football goodness in the offseason. Lots of NFL draft talk uh, for the twenty twenty. Two class coming up, but we'll, we'll take a look even further into the future with 2023, 2024, 2025. Why not? Uh us do it. Yeah, why not? You know. But, uh, <laughs> again, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. You can find StayFun at Stéphane, L-A-K-O, L-A-K-O, on Twitter as well. But uh, you guys stay um, safe, stay happy, and enjoy the national championship, and uh, enjoy the new year. And we'll see you guys next time on the College Again podcast.